weekend environments, a sanctuary of sound. Welcome to Weekend Environments, a sanctuary of sound. My name is Mino Cristante. For 15 years, I had the privilege to have my day job be working for an audiophile manufacturing company, building, of all things, the controversial audio component known as the cable and power distribution, electrical and signal power distribution. In that time, I was privileged enough to work under the tutelage of Kalen Gabriel, a very prolific and gifted inventor who uh, subjected me to over 1500 different prototype evaluations in that time. I hope and I believe that I contributed positively to the successful outcome of that product line. And now I present this podcast and as an audio dealer and distributor of the Illuminous Audio Gravitas speaker system, as well as the isolation vibration component module foot component designed to enhance the performance of audio components, whether turntable, amplifier, power distributor, speaker, and I'm joined today by Luke Zitterkopf, who is the designer and inventor of the Gravitas suspended monitor speaker and subwoofer system. How are you doing today, Luke? Uh, great, Mino. Thanks for having me. Oh, th thanks. Um, it's always a pleasure to visit with you, and there's always something new to learn each and every day. And this day, we are going to contemplate the uh, visit of when the doctor makes a house call on your sound system or when you have an issue with your sound system that you just can't solve, be it aesthetic or even technical and acoustic in nature. And that is the proverbial entrance of drumroll, the audio consultant. Now we present audio consultancy in the process of demoing the Gravitas speaker system when we come into the reference listening space and do a setup and demonstration and do you feel, Luke, that to many people, I know it's very sacrosanct. It's a very uh, delicate business to come in and consult on audio because it's a tough sell for that client to believe that overall their system's going to improve, even if it's different or maybe uh decreased in performance temporarily as things are switched around or moved or tested or new things are tried out. Have you ever worked with someone else in audio consulting at, before you gained all of the experience that you now have? Yeah, 
I have, you know, and I, I picked up, well, virtually everything I know um, from the foundation side from other folks who had expertise in various parts of room acoustics and system setup. And so I tried to take whatever I could learn from other people in the industry about how they've gotten their best sound out of whether it be demo rooms at audio shows or in customers' rooms. And then I've just expanded from there and I've really tried to focus and spend a lot of time on the loudspeaker side. So that's really been where I've uh, spent the most time and certainly the most practice in the audio consulting area. What do you think has been the most, uh, what do you think has been the most fundamental question that someone would want answered when you come into their system and you are looking to see maybe there is a technical issue going on? Let's suppose the omnipresent hum issue going on, or it could be a technical challenge that is uh, such such as the a hum issue or a overabundance of some type of um, jitter or some kind of issues of that nature. Where do we start when we're we're going to consult on audio? That's a fantastic question, and where I start and where we seem to be able to give the most accurate diagnosis is starting from the loudspeaker positioning in the room. And so that's foundational because anything else in the system chain is always gonna be present. But if there's something about the loudspeaker positioning, the speakers themselves and how they're interacting with the room, we know we can address that as a first step. And after we do that tuning, we kind of go from there and see what else is happening. But that's always the first step is the room tuning uh, with the speakers. And so tuning, we're talking about the uh, sweet spot or the uh, environment being in such a way that the performance of the system is essentially as good as we can conceive it to be. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me, the, the biggest, uh, what I call macro changes are often from speaker positioning. And if they do have subwoofers of some kind, um, the settings and the tuning of those and their positioning has a usually a bigger impact than does component changes. Uh, not always, but that's often the case. Yeah. The um, what is your opinion of some a position resulting in a sound that is more enjoyable to a listener? vis-a-vis -vis the concept that there's just a better overall rendition of the recording, whether or not it is more pleasant for the listener. Because I know I've run into a lot of that situation where, is it just better overall, period? Or is this just about my own personal, you know, is there an objectivity associated with this? Uh, is there a group 
subjectivity associated with it or is it just a standard like yeah it's definitely better now yes there is and we have to give i always give any new person that's never experienced any type of room tuning demonstration a little bit of time to just listen and absorb those changes and the one change that everybody can say is universally an improvement with the starting with speaker positioning is the uh, the overall size and depth of the soundstage. So that usually isn't something that changes um, the character of the sound really. It's more just the presentation, the size of it, as far as that three-dimensional acoustic image, whether it needs to be more centered or if it's just um, has no depth to the image. Uh, it could be all kinds of different things, but usually once that is fixed through speaker positioning, uh, I haven't yet encountered a listener who didn't agree that that was better. Yeah, and just for those of you listening, a soundstage is essentially part of the heart of an audiophile interest in that there is the uh, sensation that you're hearing a three-dimensional space, that there is a layering of voicing of music that is in the front of your listening area, and then toward the back, there are sounds back there and you can uh, in your your experience renders a three-dimensional uh, experience uh, almost like a holographic experience for a for the visual eye but this is for the the ear and at that point so that's what we're referring to as sound stage expanding it uh, having it have a more what we consider an authentic contour uh, meaning that we might, from previous experience, being in the presence of actual concerts, could then conclude that, yeah, that's more authentic. That's more like it is when you're actually in a room hearing a performance. And it can also be rendered virtually through electronica and through other virtual recordings, recordings that were not done in a session live but may have been 32 tracks of recordings that were made all at different times in different places by different people and then combined together and then still have there be a soundstage rendered. So would you say that essentially a lot of audio consultancy would be, let's see how much better we can enhance that soundstage. And if we can do that, then we have a legitimate uh, improvement that can be made. I think a lot of people are reluctant to do audio consultant work for, I mean, with, to, to bring them into their space because they're very extremely skeptical that that person has any level of competency unless they have a name, unless they're a personal brand. Um, what can recommend 
someone that they don't know to bring them into their space to take a shot at improving their performance because it's not cheap to do so. Yeah, well, I think it's a fair um, reaction or thought <clears throat> for people that do that are seeking system improvement and they're wondering, well, how can this person figure it out? And I can certainly appreciate uh, anybody's skepticism, which is um, just that of the skepticism because when they think about how much time that, that we've spent and that I've personally spent um, doing system setups, not only for myself, but for customers and for shows, then they would say, um, you would think we have quite a bit more uh, time with a lot of different components in different rooms. And usually that's not something uh, a person seeking improvement has spent. It's mostly been with the products they own in the room that they're using. So we have a pretty big advantage of a, a wider range of experience and we do know what to listen for. So between those two things, uh, there's never been a system that we couldn't diagnose pretty accurately and give recommendations and possibly even sample the improvement through, uh, of course, the room tuning and taping where their speakers were initially marking on the floor, moving where they should go is a step one. And then subsequent steps are um, possibly changing the amplifier or the preamplifier cables, whatever it may be. And then just doing an A-B test of here's new amp, this is your old amp, and back and forth. To where most people, if they're hearing what we hear, then it's pretty well, it's very satisfying to them because they say, well, sure enough, you did uh, cure what I thought was deficient sound. And I can hear it for myself easily. So I guess it all comes back to the accurate diagnosis, but any doubt that someone would have on the, uh, the possibility of, of curing their system is, is gone at that point. Yeah, I think some people ask the question, well, what can you do that I can't do? Mm -hmm. and, and that's, I think that, my opinion is that the subjectivity when someone is listening to their own system, a, a set of ears that are fresh and in a, an experience, a bank of experience that is in contrast to theirs can be extremely enlightening to them, especially if that person is a speaker designer and has essentially had a career in, in the audiophile industry. So um, I think that I don't know that the analogy of doctor making a house call is really, would you say that that was a fair analogy? It's the closest one I can think of. Um, but the one thing that I just, you made me think about, and it's very much, um, 
a critical part of why this works is because oftentimes a client will think that their system is needing improvement. Let's just say that they thought it was too bright. It had too much top end. And they're probably right about that as far as just the way the system is sitting, that it, it is, has too much top end. Almost always speaker positioning will be able to address that. But what we're really addressing is not so much the singular problem of the top end being too much. It's that the overall balance of the soundstage and the, the actual frequency response in the room is, is out of balance. And so when we start getting them more uh, evenly weighted, the sound takes on a whole different character that perhaps they've never heard. And it's an incredibly soothing type sound to where it sounds very full and very accurate, but also very warm and organic. It's really hard to put words to it, but once people hear a more balanced out sound, it's, it's more than just a singular thing of, oh, I have too much top end. The, the entire presentation needed uh, reworked, I guess is a word for it. Yeah, I think the reworking is part of the audiophile world. And I think that seeing a lot of audio issues as problems is fallacious, that we really are just going to constantly improve it. It doesn't matter what it sounds like or how good it is. That is simply the baseline that we begin with this morning. And now we're going to take it beyond that. And is it, is there, does it come a point where it cannot be better? I think, no, there's no point where it cannot be better. And there, there isn't. Yeah, there definitely isn't. Because I think there are, perhaps someday the technology will be sufficient. <laughs> but I think a lot of people just wonder what are audiophiles up to? What, what are they actually hearing or listening? Because the things that they're looking for, a non-audio enthusiast is, does not even believe it's possible. And so they're not even looking in that direction. How could it be possible that you could in any way closely and acoustically render a recorded experience that will rival or will uh, check your reality at the door when it almost seems like it's real in the room. And I think when I've gone in to do audio consult, I wanted to make, I wanted to be, I wanted to use the word F-U-N for what we're doing. And it can be very kind of somewhat irritating for it, for the listener, the client, when they're having their system moved around and jacked around, but the focus really needs to be on, it's actually quite enjoyable because there's something to be learned, something that's gonna be discovered by the client. And hopefully by the end of the day or two days, they have had a transformation in their listening experience and in their experience of improving the, because a lot of audiophile folks who just love to test and experiment and, and tweak and 
try this out and try that out. And I think in the audio consult business, so much is done that does not mean getting a new component. Uh, it means just uh, using what you have and making it better. That's exactly what it is. And that is what makes it fun for me and for everyone that we work with because it is an unknown. And so the process of finding it is enjoyable. And the best part is the sound from how it was before we started till when we're done making whatever adjustments or changes the client wants. It's uh, each experience is unique to where every system in room is not the same as the next. So they, they both, uh, any well-tuned room and good system sounds um, rewarding and it's, and it's a good room, but no two are really exactly alike. And so that keeps it interesting. And there's, there isn't a, a universal thing of, well, you, you always need uh, a power conditioner. That's not necessarily the case, or you need to upgrade something. Well, not always. Sometimes it is just room tuning. So we never know until we get there. And that certainly keeps it uh, each one is, is interesting and rewarding. Yeah, I've never had an experience yet where <clears throat> the room really wasn't better afterwards. The performance was not better. Uh, and I think part of it is having a fresh outlook, a fresh experience in the room where someone's been enjoying and being in there for quite some time. And yet it's new and fresh to you or me. And so I, I think that that is also a big plus and also being able to articulate in English or in, you know, with, with language, what is happening in the performance because, oh, it's better. Doesn't really help the client very much. And when you have to proselytize or try to convince them that it's better, or if there's some explanation that's accurate and authentic, it's very soothing to the client and it's better. And then they understand that it's okay. It's not going to be just better today. It's going to be better tomorrow too, after we've left. And, uh, of course we are there and we have a tremendous interest in having them order a Gravitas speaker system. But aside from that, that relationship with that person, it has to be built on something other than we want to sell them something. Uh, because I don't know about you, but I just don't live that way. So there has to be something where provided something of value that is lasting uh, as a service in the listing. And the, the rooms, no two rooms is the same. And if I may correct myself, no two, no two rooms are the same. Even two identical rooms, even if the back wall is one sixteenth of an inch deeper, that is a new range of frequency, of sound frequency. The software and all software, not some software, 
at all software that has been used as a, an acoustic measuring system to gather information about the room presupposes by its programming that all walls are 90 degrees. And I mean, they are designed primarily for rectangles. They actually will, are not designed, there isn't a single software program that will dynamically take into account different wall angles. And that is why, for instance, going into a room and spraying the room with a mic and a software system to look at your readings can sometimes give all kinds of crazy readings that they make no sense because you may have a six or eight foot, the left wall might be a bay window or there may be a slightly 90 degree turn, but actually it's not 90, it's actually like 94 degrees and it goes back and sinks down a little bit. Uh, it's not, and so the software doesn't know that. It's assuming that the room is a rectangle and no one really is, realizes this, but if you talk to some engineers, sound engineers, they have to take that into consideration when they're shooting the room when, with software that, and miking that's gonna tell them what they, if there's a terrible aberration that they're trying to get a hold, find out what is. Uh, so what is your take on using uh, instrumentation to do, to come in and analyze the listing space? Uh, I, my experience with that has been, it's a helpful tool in speeding up the process. Um, while it certainly isn't necessary. And the reason for that is because the trust your ears method is, is uh, one that is always working. And ultimately that's the final judge is your ears and your brain. It really doesn't matter what a computer or software thinks sounds good because they're not the ones that the system is for us for the, the human being, the listener. So I've, I've used, I use these tools myself with speaker placement and room tuning, but they're really just a starting point for me to get a general idea of what possibly is happening. So for me, it's almost enjoyable just to record it for the interest of looking at the data. Uh, it doesn't really serve me a whole lot in terms of the final placement and tune. That's entirely organic through my ears and brain and through the, the client. And when you, when you come with me to rooms and uh, I like everybody that's there to take a listen as well and see uh, if there's agreement. And usually there is, it's, it's not a, such a minor change that people say, well, I, I can't even tell, or maybe the other setting was good. Usually when we spend enough time, and that takes about, in those cases, four or five hours of placement and testing, for where we settle with it, the final sound is absolutely, conclusively the best that that setup can do with the room. Right, I, I agree. Uh, I would say that 
the instrumentation using that is often very helpful when you're building a brand new room <clears throat> and there's really nothing in the room. There's no sound system. There's nothing in there. And you're <clears throat> possibly looking to see what might be ranges of frequencies that will be, will be a problem, will be an aberration of some sort when the room is accoutred with its internal parts and also has the sound system in it. So I, there are uses for the instrumentation that I feel are really helpful in constructing the room if you're building it to begin with to be later referred to if they start to emerge as major problems when you are uh, when the room is finished or when there is a issue going on of some sort that for which no resolution has yet been found and so as a last resort let's get out all the test equipment and gear we can find and let's first let's see in my mind is what's happening on the power line what is happening then then it moves into the room acoustically so what has been your experience in when a uh, people have been in the room have you noticed like new challenges take place when there's seven people in there rather than two uh it's i haven't really encountered any challenges that way with uh more people in a room uh if anything it's been advantageous just to kind of break up some of the the room modes that are present just in the physical space of that room but the i think the most uh voiced opinion or something from people hearing a completed room tuning or even in process but certainly the finished product is the speakers disappear and people say that sounds ridiculous what does that mean that's something where when the room tune is close to where it's going to be final the the sound is so natural and and right that your brain doesn't detect them as a left and a right or that the fact they're electromechanical devices of speakers making the sound it becomes so close to the real sound that your brain registers it that way and so the speakers are are, are invisible for all practical purposes yeah so by invisible meaning you can't you don't perceive that sound is coming from them. It just simply is emanating in the room from a contour-like three-dimensional space that tends to take place in front of the, the left and right speaker. Yeah, and that's the comment I've gotten, uh, especially at audio shows where there's quite a few people in the room uh, with a well-set-up and tuned room most of the comments have been, oh, I really enjoyed the sound was, and along with it is the speakers are very invisible. I, I couldn't really tell that the sound was coming from there. It was just out in the sound space of the room. Yeah, I find that really, it's a satisfying 
experience to have that happen. And uh, I think that's part of the goal is just basically have a much more improved, fantastic listening experience. Uh, thank you so much, Luke. I'd love to visit more on the subject too. There are many aspects of audio consulting that are very important for listeners to know about and explore so they can see that there's, when uh, we're coming into a space, we might only spend a few hours, but when people have asked me, well, how long will this take? I've said, well, eight hours in about 22 years. <laughs> eight hours of being with you present in the room, maybe, and 22 years or more of experience in learning and being open and listening, not just to the acoustics, but listening to the client, listening to the situation and learning from it with an open mind, with a humble mind and discovering what is the best solution up to that point. And I think I've seen that with you. And I think that's why the Gravitas is such a superlative system as a speaker system, because we have to go into each situation humbly, no matter how much we think we know, we know nothing until we've accomplished something. Yeah. And that's this, the sharing that with clients is so rewarding and that's um, been our best experience where someone does want to have a system improvement and they're willing to do some, what would seem to be radical experiments and then to have them result in better sounds. Um, it really, it makes um, all this work, like you were saying, it makes it fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, Luke. I really appreciate visiting with you today about audiophile and asking for help and talking with people and involving them in their improvement of the sound system. My name is Mino Cristante, Weekend Environments, a Sanctuary of Sound. This is a weekly podcast in which I will discuss with various folks in music in audio technology and other topics, uh, topics of interest to our listeners. Today, I've enjoyed visiting with Luke Citrikopf of Illuminous Audio, and I distribute worldwide the Gravitas speaker system. Please if, look and check out more at illuminousaudio.com and contact me in the details of our podcast if you'd like to learn more uh thank you so much luke and hope to talk to you soon you're welcome talk to you soon weekend environments a sanctuary of sound